You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And disappointing us tonight is the Milwaukee Bucks. They fall 121-126. Uh, it's strange. I don't know why I read the Bucks score first. 126-121. The Hornets beat the Bucks uh, in Charlotte tonight. The second game of a back-to-back for the Bucks, And uh, just a... Uh, a strange one, uh, a bad one, nothing. I think one that's going to throw us off for a little bit because in this game, the Milwaukee Bucks go 19 of 36 from three. Dang, that's awesome. That is so cool. They shot so many threes. They made so many threes. They, oh, wow, that's really cool. Chris Middleton scored 43 points, had seven assists, five rebounds. Dang, that's pretty cool too. And they lost, 126-121. Giannis Dedekun was 14 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 5 fouls, which is very important. 5 of 16 from the field, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. I assume that's where we go right now to talk a little bit about Giannis because uh, that that is the most we've seen him struggle offensively in certainly this year, um, but maybe in in a longer time than that. Yeah, I, I was at uh, game four of the playoffs where he didn't play well offensively at all. And um, I think in the last, I want to say, was it the last game of the season? He had like a triple-double but didn't score well at all. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that might have actually, was that against the Hornets? Um, I think it might have been actually. But either way, um, yeah, a cruel twist of irony. Yesterday, Giannis is the only buck with a pulse against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they get blown out tonight. He's the only buck who doesn't really seem to get going offensively. Um, he did, obviously, a ton of other good things. He was a plus 14, so finally his plus minus <laughs> at least was was a good thing. But, um, you know, in spite of the fact that he didn't shoot well, uh, obviously he did a lot of other things, and the Bucks were, you know, tonight happened to be terrible with him off the court, and that that's something that hasn't generally been the case for whatever reason thus far it doesn't make a lot of sense that it hasn't been the case thus far um but tonight uh, some mean reversion on that front and Giannis just you know he had 10 points on four or six shooting early in the second quarter on and one play it looked like he was well on his way despite some early foul trouble to another big scoring night and then he gets a third foul and misses most of the remainder of the first half um only played 13 minutes in the first half and then picks up more fouls in the second half including a fifth foul late in the third quarter when Jason Kidd had kind of trusted him to to play through his fourth foul. And he had actually looked like he was showing some signs of life, got to the line for a couple, and then threw down a, a pretty awesome dunk all over Frank Kaminsky. And then picks up that late foul in the first quarter. They I think they had Toledovich ready to come in for him, and unfortunately picks up a foul 
throwing an elbow on a spin move, um, his second offensive foul of the game. And um, he just looked shook in the fourth quarter, like just stuff not falling. And, um, you know, it was an issue before that, too. He took a lot of kind of mid-range jump shots, didn't have anything going there, missed both of his threes. Um, fourth quarter, he has a great look at a short hook shot that just honeycombs out. Um, it was just not his night offensively. And, you know, fortunately, he did some other things. But obviously, foul trouble is a double whammy for the Bucks because not only does it affect his defense because he can't be as aggressive defensively, but I think the other big concern is he picks up so many offensive fouls because he's aggressive that if you give him foul trouble, I think it does get in his head a little bit in terms of how he can play offensively. He can't quite be as aggressive, and he's obviously a guy who kind of toes the line in terms of you know using his body and you know throwing his limbs around. And he's obviously a, a huge human being, and um, we saw tonight a couple times like the Hornets drew offensive fouls just kind of by accident, you know, just getting kind of rumbled over by Giannis in the middle of the court. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's going to continue being a problem for him because well i just don't really see how it can't be a problem like he's seven feet tall he does a lot of side to side movements he does a lot of spin moves like there's just a lot of limbs going in kind of crazy directions and yeah there's gonna be there's gonna be a bunch of times where he awkwardly runs into someone uh, maybe some officials will say it's out of control and, and he'll get a foul call on him. Some will say, okay, that's on the other team and he'll pick up some fouls and get to go to the line. But I think if he's going to be as aggressive as he has been, I mean, I think we're going to see some more of it uh, just because I, I don't see how we can't see some more of it. Uh, and yeah, it does really slow him down when he has that tr- that foul trouble. It, it gets into his head in a way that kind of limits his aggressiveness. Obviously, we saw him kind of fight through it with that that Kaminsky dunk. But once we got to the fourth quarter, I just I, he made a spin move in the airball that hook shot. Yeah, and it was the the spin was like a, I would say like twenty five percent slower than it normally is, and it, it, the hook shot was maybe not quite as far as he normally go, like not reaching out all the way to the rim, like just trying to short arm it, like just trying to pull back a little bit, like trying to be a little bit less aggressive so you don't pick up that foul. And like that's just not how he's going to be effective. Like he has to be going at Giannis' speed at at all times. So, um, yeah, I, I do think it's going to be a problem. And um, I think it's really just a matter of, uh, what is it, keep your – arms feed and all objects inside the vehicle as you're moving like he's just he just has to find a way to because i i don't know how kind of a whistle he's gonna get with such long limbs like he just has to find a way to remain compact as he makes those spin moves as he makes those euro steps and i thought really the first time against charlotte we saw a lot of times he would be bumping guys off by bringing the ball to the middle um, bringing the ball to like the front of his chest, and then it would be bumping players. Seemingly, it looked like I know a couple times Kaminsky in the first game, like just kind of bumping Kaminsky with the ball in the chest, uh, and then finishing over the top of him. And Kaminsky would bounce off him, and he was nice and compact. So the official can't really call anything there. Uh, but the last couple games, it's been maybe a little bit sloppier there where the elbows have come out a little bit and he's pushed off with some off arms. And I just think with as much limb as he has, there's just going to be a bunch of officials that think that is, that is an offensive foul. And 
I think a number of these in the last two days have been offensive fouls. Uh, I don't I don't know. I can really argue uh, a number of those. So uh, he, he's just going to have to be more careful with it. And, yeah, if it's offensive fouls that he's picking up, he he really gets himself kind of taken out of the game. And uh, it, it's, just, it's just not great. It, he is a guy that's struggled with fouls in the past. Uh, I'm trying to think, was it two years ago he led the league in falls, and then last year yep. he was, I think, top, top 10. Top three. Top yeah, three. He, I think Alex Bodertech tweeted something like he's been top, top in the in the, in the the very elite company of foul uh, accumulators for the last three years, I think. So, I mean, that's just, you know, and you live with that. You have to kind of live with it because, you know, again, just his aggressiveness, he's not a jump shooter. He's not hanging yep. back. He's not avoiding contact on either end. Um, you know, what makes him so great is the way he can at most of the time kind of play under controlled aggression. But, um, obviously now it's the, the, the problem is when he does pick up those fouls and gets benched, um, you feel it that much more. And, you know, again, like in the end, beginning of the fourth quarter where, you know, Malik Monk goes crazy. Like, I mean, I don't think Giannis necessarily changes much of that. Um, but, uh, but you know, you want your best player on the court and, you know, back-to-back nights, he's he averaged 30 minutes a game because you know he played only 28 minutes last night. Obviously, a lot of that was the blowout and not wasting him in the fourth quarter. Um, but he had some foul troubles last night as well, and now tonight, uh, 32 minutes. Uh, you know, certainly that was again impacted by uh, by the foul. So, um, you know, again, it, we've seen this before with Giannis. I think some of the fouls he got early in his career, like he would just get super handsy on like the perimeter and stuff, yeah. and they were really dumb. Um, you know, now it's like a more kind of just a product of he's a high usage guy who attacks the basket all the time and, you know, tries to go for steals and blocks and stuff. So, you know, I don't know if they're these are considerably less dumb. Yeah, they're not like stupid fouls, but it's just like, how do you figure out how to not put yourself in those situations? Because, again, I think he I I would say in general, I, I don't think Giannis is unfairly officiated. I would say in general, he's starting to get a lot of calls. Yeah. Um, and and he and he should right because he he creates tons of contact and there are times where he certainly gets fouled and, and it's not called but um, you know he's definitely a tough guy to officiate for for a number of reasons and certainly his physicality is is the main the main reason for that so um, so yeah it's it was tough for Giannis um, but the cruel irony was the everyone else basically picked up the slack and. Um, I'd have to double check if this was the Bucks' best offensive night of the season. If it wasn't, it was very close. Uh, and, you know, incredibly, if you tell me coming into this game, you're going to hit a franchise record 19 threes. You are going to get 43 points from Chris Middleton. Tony Snell's going to hit six out of seven. Um, and you're going to limit the opponent to actually what was a Bucks season low 25 three pointers attempted. <laughs> um, I would feel damn good about it, the Bucks' chances of winning this game. And unfortunately, um, you know, Charlotte made them pay for the three-pointers that they did get off. So it wasn't a huge volume night three-point shooting. And the Hornets also did work inside. I mean, it. I don't know. It didn't feel. Uh, it didn't like feel like a game where they necessarily got a you know a ton of buckets inside. I, at least that was my kind of like. If you told me like, well, how, what did the what did Charlotte do inside? Um, I wouldn't have guessed it. But you know, they were fifty-two to forty advantage in yeah. points in the paint, and. You know, maybe it was because Dwight wasn't just like kind of dunking all night over people. Like it, it didn't feel like, you know, that was the big problem. You know, Dwight was six out of 10, 17 points, 11 boards, but six turnovers. Um, so, you know, I don't, you don't really feel bad about, about that really. Um, but again, it's just uh, the whack-a-mole problem. You know, there were, there were no moles getting whacked tonight 
uh, Eric. Zero, zero moles got whacked. Uh, 14 out of 25 from three, 52 points in the paint. Charlotte's used 54% overall. And, you know, 126 points per 100 from the Hornets. Um, you're just not going to win basketball games <laughs> giving up that many points. And uh, unfortunately, same old story. The Bucks now 25th in the league in defensive rating. So uh, we've talked at length about Jason Kidd and his career, in, or, well, his future in Milwaukee, let's say, um, and how closely tied that will likely be to this team's defensive performance. And, uh, you know, again, there there's no bad defenders you can point the finger at. This is just a team that, you know, whether it's scheme, whether it's execution, I would say both at this point. You're not going to be 25th by flawlessly executing any scheme. Um, they're just not getting and getting it done. And um, and again, you know, uh, until they start to defend, it's going to be hard to take sort of this team's, you know, chances in the East very seriously. Because, uh, you know, again, tonight they scored a ton. They were great. They moved the ball. Beautiful offense. A polar opposite of what we saw yesterday. Um, but again, if you can't pay it off with just a little bit of defense, um, that's that's just a tough way to live. So is Thon Maker an NBA player? Because there's some things he does well. And it's moving his feet and shooting threes. In the fourth quarter... I saw him high hedge on Malik Monk and decide that the best way to move his feet was backwards towards the basket and way too early when his guard did not get through the screen and Malik Monk decided to just light it up from three. To me, that would be Thon Maker not executing his job, like not executing his responsibility. Like, where are you going, bud? Malik Monk is the guy that you need to stop. You need to make sure that he doesn't shoot that three. And he was shooting all the threes off the dribble, off the pick and roll. Like, that's your job. And I I just don't... Like, I, I don't... What's the best you felt about Don this year? Like, there just hasn't been a spot where I've thought, man, Don's really doing a great job this year. Maybe sometimes when Giannis kicks it out to him for three... Like, that makes me feel good, theoretically. Like, you're spreading the floor for Giannis. This is nice. The center was still inside. Don was out for three. Okay, that's great. But that's the best I felt. And, again, the Bucks are in a position where he's going to have to play. They don't have any other center depth. It's going to have to be him and Henson. And that's going to be the way they're going to have to go. But it has been a, a not great eight games. For Thonmaker. No, I mean, the biggest concern is they're allowing 118 points per 100 with him on the court, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's the. Because to about. me, that's what it speaks. Like, is he good defensively? Like, we talked about before the year, we thought he was good defensively. The things that he theoretically does are good defensively. I think I have to ask that question now. Like, is he good defensively? I don't know. I mean,. Like well, what? What? So, what do you do about it? I mean, do you bench him at this point? We he obviously you did can't. not start tonight. You literally can't. Like you. Well, you no, 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 no. I mean, do you not? Is he just no longer a starter? Like moving forward, he's coming off the bench, and I guess you could argue, well, it's a bit semantic because he didn't play big minutes even when he started. Yeah. Um, it, it only really becomes relevant when Greg Monroe comes back, and then you know you have to figure out there. But um, you know, I mean, the Bucks have been bad with Greg Monroe on the court. Um, there's no reason to think they're going to defend better with Greg than Thon. Yep. And it's interesting. I mean, I know people worry a lot about Thon and his complete lack of defensive rebounding. They've actually, I mean, the team hasn't been rebounding poorly with him on the court. 
Um, so I, I don't necessarily worry about that as much as the fact that, you know, he's not showing any real skill set offensively other than, you know, his, his touch from the perimeter, which, um, I think he's at around 35% from three at the moment, yep. which is fine. Yep. You know, that's fine. Um, but really he, he just doesn't, I mean, and part of the problem is, you know, he does, he doesn't really, and, and this is kind of, it goes back to, you know, ahead of the draft, right? I mean, I remember us discussing how like, you know, he just doesn't look like he has a lot of feel offensively. Like it doesn't really look natural to him yeah. to put the ball on the floor and, and, you know, go to the basket or, you know, work in the post or any of those things. And those aren't really like essential, you know I mean? Like I, I don't want to get caught up too much in that stuff because the Bucks offense, I mean, they, they haven't been good with, with Thon in the game, but there's no real reason for that. Like, you know, it's not like John Henson is the superior. <laughs> John Henson did have six assists tonight, but it's not like Henson is like so much better as a passer and, you know, does all these other things well yeah. that, you know, you should be terrible with Maker on the court. I mean, it's a trade-off. Like, John's a better finisher around the rim. I think the problem is Thon just has no idea, like, how to roll to the hoop. Thon has no idea how to find pockets, and he doesn't catch the ball while he has bad hands. Um, so he, he just doesn't really – there's, like, no real opportunity almost for him to even make an impact other than with his shooting yep. um, offensively. But I still don't worry about the offensive piece much because, really, if you have a seven-footer who can – plausibly you know stretch the floor that's Correct. that's a it's value gonna, no on matter this, what on this team yes. yeah no matter what team, it's gonna work right on this team especially like you know in a world where you're eventually to get jabari back you know you, you there's no real room for a high usage center anyway you you want him to figure out how to roll to the rim and get putbacks and things like that and and that's probably the big concern that Thon isn't doing offensively but um defensively i don't know i mean is there a reason why he can't be a good defender like you know, I, I don't. There's no reason. There's no reason at all that yeah. he can't. Be well, I mean, the strength. You know, the strength question is a legitimate one, obviously. And you know, like, oh, is he going to be so bad defensive rebounding that you know he's really going to hurt you? But for the most part, ever... you can cover up though. Like, yeah, if yeah. he if he's pressuring high enough on the perimeter, Giannis is just going to clean up everything on the backside like he has been doing, and it's going to be fine. Like, yeah. yeah, and and we saw it. I mean, against the Hornets, you know, when you were asking me like, has Thon looked good at any point? I mean, he had what three steals in the first quarter, fronting and being disruptive. Oh, yeah. That was it. How? Yep. You know, I mean, so that's the scenario where you can make it work and obviously if it doesn't work you know then you're going to see it's going to look really bad because you know Dwight's going to slip free and you know dunk on him or Steven Adams is going to dunk on him or whatever so um, unfortunately they're just kind of Thon's a trade-off guy right now and you know you're just going to have to figure out if it's worth it um, but I, 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 yeah so I don't know I mean I'm 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 I would consider myself as much as I'm not a you know we've talked about it I'm a you know, Thon has a high floor rather than a high ceiling guy, Correct. but um, but I also feel like I don't know, especially as you mentioned, it's not like you have much option right now. Like, do I feel better throwing DJ Wilson in there? No, <laughs> no. I mean, um, and I, you know, I think the only other thing you could do now is you know do like kind of Giannis and Mirza four or five lineups. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, Thon is, I, I don't, is like, not playing well, but. Yeah, I was gonna say like there's not another option. I'm not saying there is another option. I'm just saying like when you're looking at possible problems, like him not executing defensively, that's that's a problem. Like if if that's what you're getting out of the center position for 15 to 20 minutes a night, like that's it's gonna make things it's gonna make things more difficult. Um, so and and to me that just really stuck out. I mean, I already put one on Twitter. Um, while the game was going on, just like I wasn't gonna wait to cut the video of it, like I wanted to film my TV and just be like, "Dude, where are you going?" Um, so I, I think that that to me is something that's kind of stuck out at the start of this year. We, we've gone to a spot where 
I, I think you, obviously going forward, Thon's going to be your guy, and Thon is is the ideal for that center position where you can have a guy that can stretch the floor, you can have a guy that can pressure out and make something happen there. He's just not that guy yet, and you're going to need that. So, like, he's got to get minutes so he can get better um, and get reps, but it's going to be a little bit painful if you're a team that that has your eyes on winning 45, hosting a playoff series, winning a playoff series you're gonna have to go through some growing pains um so yeah that that it's just something that's kind of stuck out with to me uh through these eight games and tonight in the fourth quarter when they were really struggling mouth at most at the start of that fourth quarter um that that was just something that really stuck out to me uh looking at other stuff uh is it weird that i want to say I don't feel like Chris really broke out despite him having 43 points, 7 assists and 5 rebounds. Like obviously he did have a he had a great fourth quarter, but still like I was at a spot where I'm like, man, I don't know if he if he's shooting all that well from 3. Like I don't know if he's getting those to go down. Like I don't know if he's back in rhythm and obviously it wasn't the most efficient night. Like 15 of 28, but uh, I guess it, it ultimately it was 43 fine. points on 28 yeah, shots, dude. That's very yeah. efficient. Yeah. <sighs> Man, like, I don't know. It, it just the you sound you sound like one of the Twitter Middleton haters right now. I never <laughs> thought I'd see the day when Eric Name it, like it was tries just, to tries to freaking sandbag Middleton on the night he goes for forty three. It was just strange watching it, uh, just because like you could still feel, um, and I guess tonight instead of threes not going down, it was like me thinking his third three in a row, like a heat check three going in and out, and being like, oh come on. Yeah. Well, he, like, t- he took some bad – I mean, he also hit a couple of arguably bad threes yeah, late. Yeah. Um, but he also, like – like there was that one play, I think, where Giannis um, – in what was it with like a little under – maybe it was like 30 seconds left or something. I don't know. So, some It was inside a minute. It wasn't, you know, with – there was still going to be shot clock for the Hornets. And he caught the ball, like pump faked. Nobody did anything. And then he just chucked it anyway, like off yeah. balance. And that's like one of those where I think we've seen Chris do that in the past as well where, you know – he gets the ball in a late game situation and you know the the play that you want isn't there and he just you know looks down at his boarding pass and it says you know one way ticket to tough shot express and he says this is happening and up it goes and yeah. it's you know just a brick and i, I guess kind of like like clearly obviously 43 and like a great night 10 free throws for him as well uh seven assists too so obviously just a great night but man like it it, it I shouldn't say a sour note because obviously some of those crazy shots helped bring them back, but just that it doesn't come in a win, and there were some of those ugly ones down the stretch. Like, ugh. yeah, like it, well, it, even his makes, like there were some like really like ones. difficult, like like shots that are like, wow, I really hope this doesn't lead Chris to take these next game. You know, like <laughs> yeah, you know. So, I, but I mean, realistically, like that, if Chris is going to take twenty eight shots and hit and score forty three points, it's not going to be because he just effortlessly gets all these great looks and creates yes. and just kills the defense like it's probably going to be because he forces shots and makes them and just is hot and um you know again it just sucks that this happens on a night when the defense is so bad that that you can't take advantage of it so um but you know we'll see i mean we said two games ago on sunday we obviously were hoping that that game could have been a breakout for middleton and then he comes back with you know a bad effort uh against the thunder i don't know we'll see i mean it's a long season um i'm 
sure things will balance out. In a <laughs> I was just gonna say, extent. at some um, point he's gonna shoot forty percent, and then everything will be normal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, I think people's uh, mental health would probably be um, much higher if uh, if Chris just you know shot forty five percent every game rather than just <laughs> flying up and down yeah. and being super inconsistent. But um, you know, alas, uh, we're just gonna have to, I guess, deal with the fact that it's it's been bumpy and you know hopefully it, it kind of evens out but um but yeah i don't know anybody else other than chris i mean lots of pretty good performances i thought malcolm was good for uh maybe not uh, maybe, maybe not late but he certainly seemed to be pretty good in the first few quarters and tony snell i mean um continuing to remind us that they're you know contract year tony snell is seemingly the same thing as just got his huge contract tony yeah. snell which is a, a huge relief yes. uh to uh, to see, I mean, again, had a couple plays where he put it on the floor, and um, uh, Tony Snell adding some things to his game? Yeah. Question mark. I, I mean, it's been, it's been nice to see, but um, I will know, say I've a- enjoyed tweeting once a game. Tony Snell blank 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 question mark like that has been a highlight for me tweeting games this year like to just be able to say every game there's something new like tonight it was like a baseline take left side that he finished with his right hand and snuck it in before Dwight Howard was able to jump the other games it was runners with contact floaters through someone lefty finishes like there's just been a bunch of stuff so yeah shout out to Tony Snell for continuing to one jack a three anytime he's the slightest bit open which really helps out the the bucks bottom line when it comes to attempting three pointers and then also adding some stuff to his game he, he was totally solid tonight and the amazing thing is that it, it seems like tony is looking for his shot a little bit more but somehow coming into this game his usage rate was actually lower than it was a year ago which is just like insane last year he had a usage rate of 11.4 percent which was already a career low here's his usage rate over his career 14.2 percent 13.3 percent 13.1 percent 11.4 percent 10.8 percent in a couple years tony snell will not take any shots per game i think it is still get 15 yeah, <laughs> that's the direction this this is weirdly heading. But um, but yeah, I mean, he had another game tonight where he just shot extremely well. And, um, you know, again, it's not like he only shoots when he's wide open. Like he is starting to be, you know, looking for shots when he catches yeah. a little bit more. Um, and you kind of wish that maybe they can try to get him into, you know, even more sets. Obviously, they have some pet plays like that handoff from Giannis that they try to run for him. But, um, you know, again, I, when you think about this offense and the fact that it is going to be increasingly spot up intensive with Giannis uh, being a focal point who draws so much pressure, um, you know, you hope that 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 tone, that that Tony Snell usage percentage goes up because, um, you know, his his shooting has been spectacular so far. And again, there when will does be he some- get blanketed? At what point is he getting blanketed well, on the side? Because like he's, I, he's shooting at just a ridiculous percentage. Yeah, he's and, shooting fifty fifty five percent from the field, fifty two percent from three. And um, if he's open, he shoots it. And yeah. I don't think you want him to do that. When last year he shot forty plus, this year he's shooting fifty plus. Like, at some point, I would think he get blanketed. But maybe you just decide that that's fine. Like okay. We're going to do it however we can to stop Giannis. Middleton will get blanketed as well. And then, all right, Brogdon and Snell, like, you guys got to beat us. Maybe that's it. But I don't know. It's it's strange. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the flip side is always that, that Snell is not going to shoot 52% for sure. the season. So, I don't know. I, I mean, the, I think the good news is that certainly the 40% shooting last year does not look like a fluke. Um, yeah. 
but we're just going to see kind of how far he can take it um, because obviously he's been extremely valuable and the Bucks wing rotation, you know, is, I mean, unfortunately, Tony, even for these kind of flashes of creation that he shows, um, you know, does not obviously bring very much in terms of creating shots, which, you know, again, especially with some of the second unit runs is, is a concern, but um yeah, I mean, and it's kind of it's kind of funny. I mean, you look at the Bucks record and you say four and four. It's like Jesus. This is, you know, I don't think anybody, especially losing two games in a row. Obviously, people are are feeling pretty negative right now and feeling like the Bucks are, you know, should be better, which is totally fair, right? I mean, yeah. defensively, they've been bad, right? I think they're uh, ninth in offense right now and twenty fifth in defense. So um, there's nothing to feel good about that. Um, but uh, Snell, you know, Snell's been very good. Uh, obviously Brogdon has generally played well with the exception of, of the Oklahoma City game and you know we don't even need to talk about Giannis but um, they are at least getting play from a few of these guys and they're obviously they've gotten good minutes from John Henson they've gotten hopefully now a bit of a turnaround from Chris um, so we'll see right because if you can kind of think continue to be getting those positive things if Chris can turn it around and then even you know then you can afford to suffer some mean reversion from from somebody like Tony and um, and even Malcolm with his three-point shot a little bit because he's certainly been probably a little unsustainably good. So, um, by the way, Tony Snell's true shooting percentage right now is 73%. <laughs> Giannis is a mere 66%. Oh, that's funny. Um, let's talk a little Mirza. Mirza looks very confident from behind the three-point line this year. Um, I think we've seen him exhibit that quick trigger that he had last year, um, except this year he's, you know, making shots uh which which people tend to enjoy which i tend to enjoy watching um but obviously at the end of the night he get he's a, he's a minus 20 at the end of the night he was a part of that uh, i believe he was a part of that bench unit at the start of the fourth quarter that really just kind of pooed the bed and i, I don't know where is he, where are you at, at with Mears? I, I feel like we're getting to see him with Giannis a little bit more this year i feel like he's hitting more shots this year i i've I think he's probably got himself in that spot where he's going to continue to get minutes at like the wing, whatever you want to call it, like the three, four, two, that whole group of players, right? I mean, where am I at with Mirza? I'm, I mean, I'm kicking it on the archipelago right now. <laughs> I've got my my feet kicked up. I've got a drink with a, a parasol in it. Uh, I'm looking out at a, a scenic vista over the ocean. I mean, things are. Things are for as bad as 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 bad as the mental state of Bucks fans is right now. Um, I, I'm feeling pretty pretty damn okay about Mirza right now. I mean, you know, again, it, no secret, right? Everything with Mirza is going to come down to does he stretch the floor in in terms of hitting shots, right? And yeah. right now he's he's true shooting 63%. Um, you know, the Bucks have been weirdly bad offensively with him on the court. Um, they've only have a 98 points per 100 rating. But it's kind of like with the bow and the Bucks started off really bad defensively with Giannis on the court. It's like there's no reason why having an unconscious shooting power forward who stretches the court for everybody should make your offense bad, right? So I'm gonna easily tack, you know, tack, you know, stick that on just probably bad luck and you know whoever he's playing with at this point. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Toledo, which I say is another guy who is is shooting the ball well and. We figured he couldn't, you know, shoot the ball worse than he did last year, which was, you know, a disappointing season um, in terms of, you know, the shooting in his, in his first year here. But, um, you know, so far, obviously, I think he's delivered from a shooting perspective. And for me, you know, that's that's the easy litmus test. He's at 46 percent from three shooting 4.6 per per 16 in 16 minutes a game. So 
you know, he's basically at like 10 threes per 36, which obviously he's a guy that, that you like to see jacking it when he's, when he's hitting it. So. Absolutely. Um, man, looking at some of these net ratings, man, I I can't wait for a larger sample size because right now my brain is just not handling things well. Uh, John Henson leading the way with a 9-9 net rating. Okay, sure. Uh, Tony Snell. He's untouchable. He's untouchable now. <laughs> He's got to be. Of the future. Center of the future. Everybody's paranoid about the center of the future. John Henson. There we go. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of funny though, right? Because I mean, you look at Greg Monroe and you look at some of these like trade rumors that we've heard, and and obviously Greg Monroe is an obvious guy to ship out. In, in these trade rumors because he's an expiring salary and you know, nobody really looks at him as a guy that is a long-term you know piece for the future anyway especially with sort of the the way this offense is evolving and obviously just the way the league is going and I, I don't know I mean I remember when when the when the Bucks signed Henson and I kind of like part of me was thought like part of this must be because they think Monroe opts out in two years and yep. then Monroe is maybe gone after two years. God, so then, I remember that. That was a brew yeah. pod conversation. Yeah and, and so like I guess they're thinking well you know Monroe is probably eventually going to leave anyway, and they liked Henson obviously probably too much. Clearly, but yeah. uh, but you know at that point, if if you know Monroe had left after one year then or two years, then Henson would have been basically in just the first year after the first year of his four year contract. So um, you know the way it worked out, obviously Moose opted in, so now this is the second year of, of John's big deal, and. I mean, credit to him, you know, he's, he's played well enough, you know, is he worth his contract? No, I mean, it's not like people are going to go give you anything or want to take on that deal at this point. But, um, for a guy who obviously has struggled to even get on the court the last couple of years or well forever, basically, yeah. um, I mean, it's a big deal if he can actually give you good minutes consistently and Huge. especially if you, if you're going to, you know, if you trade Monroe, which I was kind of paranoid that they would you know, underrate the impact of, of dumping Monroe's contract in some trade. But if you can actually use Monroe's deal to actually bring in a quality player, and I know Greg isn't going to be the reason you get a quality player. It's going to be for other reasons because you include some sweeteners and stuff. But um, but I'm at the point now where it's like, yeah, screw it. You know, if you don't have, if you don't bring another center back, um, that's fine. You know, you'd have to deal with something if, if John or, or Thon got hurt at that point. But um, I'm fine just kind of rolling with, you know, with Thon and, and Henson and just sort of seeing what seeing what happens and hoping that, you know, Henson just continues to kind of do what he has been doing, which again, he's gonna look bad on some nights. He's not a great player, right? Steven yeah. Adams, guys like that are gonna truck him, but um, you know, most nights you're not playing those guys. So um and by the way, like I mean we've I think most of us have gotten so in sort of in the habit of being kind of negative on Henson just because he obviously hasn't produced relative to his contract. But I mean Everybody loves John Henson, right? Like the person, like yeah. nice guy. You know, maybe you wish that he, you know, worked harder or his hips know, were a little lower. His yeah. hips were lower or wider or whatever. <laughs> um, but you know, in the in the grand scheme of like likable dudes, um, actually kind of putting some stuff together and actually doing some things right. Um, shout out to John Henson. I feel like we don't we don't do that very often. So I agree. Uh, so shout out to that. And I don't know, again, I'm not expecting his contract to suddenly become an asset or something like that. But, um, you know, when you think about the Bucks' whole contract issues or their their salary cap issues, you know, I mean, the, the big problem has been, well, you have Henson dead weight. You have Monroe paid too much relative to his role. And then you've got, you know, Mirza too much relative to his role. And Delhi, um, maybe even not so much like 
him having a huge contract relative to being a backup point guard, but just I, I just am increasingly kind of negative on just his ability to help the Bucks in yeah. the ways they need to be helped. Um, and so, I mean, if you do get rid of Monroe and you actually turn Henson into somebody that's useful, um, I mean that 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 helps, right? <laughs> like yeah. If you, if you don't need to go out and get another like center that costs any money because you, Henson's actually become a useful player, um, that would be a big deal. But again, we're eight games in, so hopefully it continues. We've been we've we've had this conversation before. Yeah, if that what is it a one hundred three defensive rating is is <laughs> real like that? Okay, fine, sure, I'm down. Uh, yeah, just like I said, some of these are just strange. Like he's. He's got the Bucks' best net rating. Defensive rating with that on the floor is 118. Uh, the offensive rating, what was it? The offensive rating with Monroe is at 95. Um, granted, he's only played in five games in limited minutes, but still, like that that doesn't add up. Like There's just so much stuff that doesn't add up, so hopefully some things will make a little bit more sense in the coming days and weeks. Uh, I feel like it wouldn't be the end of this podcast unless we talked about what's going on at the backup two and tonight it was deandre liggins who got seven minutes and played some and then uh we saw delhi brogdon at the start of the fourth quarter um i'm gonna give you a date uh over under november 15th for the first time we see sterling brown play 10 real minutes in one game not not garbage time minutes garbage time minutes don't count 10 real meaningful minutes you're asking me before or after that date yes um it's jason kidd so i'll always go i'll always go before something (laughs) I, i i will always bet that some random set of circumstances will lead jason kidd to play sterling brown uh major i mean if rashad vaughn has gotten a few longer spells in some of these games that's true um I mean, especially now with Vaughn's, you know, contract thing sealed. Um, I mean, why not give a look to the guy that that actually is going to be here likely for the next, you know, three years? So, um, so I don't know. I mean, again, not that he's going to be a regular rotation guy, but um, you know, we've seen right. I mean, Bucks. We we got spoiled last year with Brogdon coming from the second round, becoming such a vital piece of the rotation. Tonight we saw you know Monk kind of do a Malik Monk thing, which is just go nuts yeah. shooting the ball. Um and Dwayne Bacon also played a bunch of minutes. Was Dwayne Bacon good tonight? I know he hit some shots. I, uh, I don't even know what I don't even know what he did in the box score. He had um, ten points, four 10 rebounds, points and assists, a steal. Yeah, it's so okay. he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Um, so I mean, that's the second rounder, right? Giving you real minutes. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it, it would be great if Sterling Brown at some point could could become those guy a guy like that as well. Um, I should probably say something similar about DJ Wilson, given yeah. he's a first round pick. Like, hey, maybe DJ Wilson could actually give you. Some but like that spot point. isn't but, as necessary. Yeah, exactly. Roster, I mean, right? we're we're I'm I got my Archipelago passport, so I'm not <laughs> as worried about that. But um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, tonight we saw. I thought Liggins did a nice job in the first half. I know um, someone tweeted at me that like they should have put Liggins in and he would have shut down Monk in the fourth quarter. I mean, I, I say Liggins played well enough to, to come back and play. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm not a fan of the dual Delhi Brogdon lineups cause I yeah. try to minimize Delhi to only when Brogdon needs rest. So yeah, sure. I guess I would have rather had that. Right. I mean, given what Monk did, of course you'd rather put in somebody else other than <laughs> then, then whatever happened. Uh, 
Yeah, but honestly, I don't even remember. I, like my, I don't even remember who Monk was was doing that against. You, know, you mentioned Thon, you know. Uh, it was Dally and Thon combination uh, on pick and roll, and then I think the last one or two was against Brogdon. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I mean, it's like you know, if if DeAndre Liggins is just like the world's greatest defender and is going to lock down Malik Monk, then he should probably play a lot more than he does, right? I mean, I don't know, just. Not, not that like oh you, you, there was nothing the Bucks could have done against Malik Monk. I mean, of course, like they could have defended some of those plays better, but uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I worry more about you know some of these other some of these some of the other things that happened defensively rather than Malik Monk kind of showing some of that star potential that you know I think yeah. certainly body had coming to the draft. I mean, um, you know. Uh, so anyway, uh, th- there was a lot of stuff to worry about defensively. That was obviously huge because it helped them you know, extend the lead in the fourth quarter. But, um, again, I'm, you know, add it to the list basically. Yeah. Not, not a great night for the Milwaukee bucks. And I think I've just about exhausted all of the topics that I want to talk about tonight. You good as well. Um, I'm just going to retreat to the archipelago, man. All right. The water's, the water's warm. Yeah. I'm the, sun down. Is, the, the sun is always shining. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know. We'll see what, what are the bucks, the bucks play on Friday. Are they in Detroit? Is that right? Am I, did I hear that correct? That is correct. They are in Detroit on Friday. Okay. So another so. 6 p.m. start, Eastern time. Good. Get them over with early. <laughs> uh, so the Milwaukee Bucks lose tonight 126-121 to the Charlotte Hornets on a night that they sent they set the franchise records from May or the franchise record in makes from the three-point line with 19. 19 of 36 from the three-point line. Chris Middleton, and they lost. Chris Middleton goes for a career high, forty three points, and they lost. He also had. Do you think Joe Prunty is just like glaring at Sean Sweeney on the on the on the charter home? <laughs> oh, they're not just, talking. They're not. They're, talking. they're just just man. That <laughs> offense was humming, I, especially in the first half. I mean, the ball movement was great. Yeah, like yeah. in the fourth quarter, I feel like a lot of it was more just Chris getting kind of hot and crazy, hitting crazy shots. But um, for, you know, tough to argue with the offense tonight. I know people have often raised queries raised questions but tonight we can just focus last just night we had defense. to focus on offense and defense tonight we can just, just focus all of our angst on the defense like like we so often do yeah it was it was not good so chris milton goes for 43 points at career high seven assists five rebounds uh and does it efficiently man even though it didn't feel like it in the fourth quarter 15 to 28 shooting 5 11 from three eight for ten from the free throw line uh last night no one else is able to get into double digits other than Giannis. tonight brogdon has 20 in four assists tony snell has 17 and three assists mirza has 12 points and an assist. I don't even remember when he got that one. Well done. Uh, so everyone else goes and does things. Giannis does not. 14 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. But most importantly, 5 fouls. 5 of 16 from the field. A rough night for Giannis. We will see if he can rebound on Friday. Uh, and we will do that here on Lockdown Bucks. That was Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name. We will talk to you later.